0: hello and welcome back to making it my name is mirabelle and today we have an episode featuring composer brothers brian and caleb chan they've worked on various tv shows and films including panhandle 50 states of fright dreamwork series pine and pony and team zanko go they've been nominated for the canadian screen awards and i think they are great representation for the asian canadian musicians out there in this episode we explore the paths that brought them to where they are now in the last episode we also talked to a film composer miriam cutler and she shared her unique journey and i think it is wildly different from my own musical path but i think today with brian and caleb we shared a more similar somewhat similar path of growing up in a musical environment and then proceeding to study classical music in university and then you know they continue to make their way into screen composing We also dive into their dynamics and workflow as brothers, discussing the challenges and benefits of working together, the way that they communicate and everything, and they share their experiences in the industry and give insights into what it takes to be a successful film and TV composer. So if you enjoy this episode, this podcast please rate and review on your preferred listening platform it's out everywhere spotify apple google whatever it's also on youtube if you want a video version where you can see our lovely faces and you can leave a comment i'll say hello back and that's it thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy the episode Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Making It. Thanks for coming on, you guys.
1: Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I kind of start off just by saying like where we met and we met at VIF, which actually Yay. like a lot of guests this season are gonna be all the composers that met at VIF. So,
1: so we've all infiltrated your podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um it's great it's really nice because we met like at the scgc the screen composers guild they held a mixer before vif actually started mm-hmm. and i ran into caleb first and That's right. you already knew me
1: <laughs> yep uh by way of adrian i believe i think yeah. i saw that come up on uh somewhere uh and you know he's always got great things to say so I tuned in, and there you were, and then yeah, pretty shortly after you, you were at VIF. so like, yeah, it all, it all kind of worked out. It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah,
0: and like it was really nice that you both of you introduced me around to everybody. Kind of at that mixer, it was really fun. And of so, course, like, thank you.
1: <laughs> no worries. Yeah, you were standing at the at the doorway there. And, yeah, I you were the really first know, yeah. person that <laughs> I ran into. I think
0: maybe that's like maybe that's the strat. That's a strategy. That's tra- like you yes. just stand at the door so that you meet all the people coming through.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. like a greeter.
0: Mm, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even, that wasn't planned. <laughs>
1: hey, would you like
2: to be on the Making It podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most mixers,
3: I'll, I'll, yeah. Be
1: at, I'll be at some corner of some sort. So, you know, just gravitate. Like, like a bass frequency, just gravitate towards <laughs> corners.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was cool.
0: It was fun. It um, was awesome. Yeah, you guys gave some really good talks at VIF. You guys were part of Thank the you. panelists and breakout sessions. That's cool.
1: Vancouver International Film Festival. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: yeah. It's
1: a great it's a great festival. We were happy to be. I think it's it's our third year being somewhat involved, um, and yeah, we, we we had a little bit more to do this time with talking about some of our shows and also, um, it's it's our actually first real in-person uh, paneling in person. Uh, last time we did it was uh, during uh, the shutdowns. And, and so we didn't really get a chance to meet everybody in person. And, and this time was very neat to be able to, um, you know, host the breakout sessions in a room full of musicians and kind of feel the energy in a room. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different than feeling the energy on Zoom, you know.
0: Is there even uh, energy to feel on Zoom?
1: Yeah, it's not. It's just <laughs> trying to feel it right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I I don't <laughs> I don't know if it has to do with like all of our ethnicities, like we're all Asian or like or what, or like maybe we're all classically trained or something. Like I just feel really comfortable hanging around you two. Yeah, and, like
1: <laughs> it's definitely because we're a classically trained.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
1: and we like rice. Is it because, because you smell it? my Wong right here? Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that from? Did you bake? Did you steam those just now? Uh, uh, Jen's Jen's mom's steamed them. Oh, okay. They're babysitting for me, yeah. so. Oh. Uh, yeah, she's so sweet. Yeah, there's some there's something to
1: that though, for sure. Like the, the camaraderie around being, you know, people that you can relate with, and and you know, generationally too, and and also, um, the things that you do and and what your hobbies are, and then on top of that, to be able to have a relative understanding of shared experiences goes, goes a long way, uh, which yeah. is why, you know, the corners are my favorite place to be in, for <laughs> mixers and parties and the doorway is for you, right? So, um, I mean, hey, same, there, were, same. there
0: were a lot of people there, and yeah. like yeah. I walked up the stairs and there was just no way to, there's no in <laughs> Yeah, there's no yeah. <laughs> I was just stuck there. It's anyway, like a, it's like
2: so. a bus. Yeah. like you, you're like, you're like, exactly, <laughs> you're like stuck at the wherever the last person was.
0: Yeah, and I, I saw Adrian on like the the far corner. I was like, I want to go say hi to Adrian because I haven't talked to him since the podcast recording. But he's like all the way in yeah. there. Yeah, slowly made one it of me. these.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it was a great, great time. And yeah, thanks for um, you know, bringing us on for this. And uh, you know, you've been doing some really amazing things mm-hmm. with with getting some real talented people on. So it's a bit humbling to be part of that lineup. Yeah
0: oh yeah for sure you guys are amazing (laughs) but can we bring it back to like classical times and classical times (laughs) (laughs) back like like, what were you guys doing before (laughs) (laughs) like the 70s medieval times yeah Yeah. (laughs) um feel like before you guys got into film scoring like how what led you guys up to this point a little brief Uh, history i guess
1: our upbringing Uh, we're, well we're brothers for one that that hopefully is apparent.
0: wait what
3: uh
1: yeah wait what <laughs> snooze to me too um well brian you were there first so why don't you
2: uh i mean we were always just mucking around music i mean we ca- kind of came from a musical family so mom was our piano teacher um and yeah and it's funny because unlike many asian parents they were actually not tiger parents. Like, they were opposite of tiger parents, which is, I mean, not completely opposite. Like, they would ask us to practice all the time, but, <laughs> but in a joyful way, they really enjoyed music. Um, so it helped us because there was just music around the house all the time.
3: Mm.
2: And then, and then, yeah. So we started piano at age like three, but K, okay, three, four. Yes,
1: I'm like, yeah maybe perhaps even earlier, maybe two. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know. Whenever like fingers start moving out of the womb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, by the time I was born, you were definitely probably doing something um, music musically. And, and uh, yeah, they, but they had a, they had a very big appreciation for the Western classical tradition. Um, I think that's quite normal for that generation to, See that as um something that's very worth pursuing so um mom yeah mom taught us piano uh in that in that stream like reading music and, and playing the notes mm-hmm. um and then uh and then pretty soon uh, we diversified into you see cellos behind brian there like he picked up the cello he actually picked up the violin first and then um and then moved from there to the cello um and then since since there are violins lying around i guess like i just gave that one to me and it's like here you do the violin then (laughs)
3: Um,
1: yeah that's right yeah uh and then our 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 sister uh, who's just a little bit younger than me she she stayed on the piano so the three of us had a little bit of thing like a trio thing going on um -hmm. in terms of yeah just you know nailing these classical charts um and and uh and 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 continuing our studies in with those instruments um that pushed all the way through like elementary school high school mm-hmm. uh, and into university where um where yeah brian you you were the first to kind of get to that point where it was like high higher level musical training and and background um so that yeah our classical days uh they they reached they reached you know into our adulthoods that's for sure yeah
2: i mean we were doing like at one point we were going to music school we went to vancouver academy of music shout out um <laughs> But <laughs> um, but uh, we were part of like technique class and then the orchestra program there, which is great because we got to play at, you know, the Orpheum Theater, which is like the premier theater of Vancouver. And we we're just like we kids, you know. Um, so <clears throat> really uh, appreciate that program. And then, but then I think we were we, we kind of knew early on that our interests were not just class in classical, like we, because we got like this um. Our our, our dad bought us this Yamaha Porta Porta piano whatever, the keyboard, Mm -hmm. Um, arranger keyboard, you know, and those ones that you can just press the auto accompaniment, and then it just plays stuff for you. Wow. That's high-tech. Yeah, like (laughs) 16-beat shuffle, and then auto intro fill, and then uh, the ending, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I just made a song, and you didn't do anything. (laughs) But we got really into that, like in high school. I did. Mm-hmm. um and then and then it just and then we figured that we weren't just uh, i guess we weren't really cut out to be like just um narrowly classical in in university so we started exploring
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's cool and then cuz you you both got your masters but like Caleb in composition and that's right. Brian in sound engineering mm-hmm. yeah yeah how so did I, that
1: I, well, that, at that point, I think we were, uh, as Brian was saying, we, we had started to walk into this realization that being a classical musician is really freaking hard. Like you, to, be, to rise to the, the top of, of everybody who's ever studied classical music is uh, like very tremendously difficult. And uh, realizing that, one, our interests weren't just firmly in that world, that we do have other things that um, we we want to do musically and artistically, um, that which became too uh, not spending enough time uh, in that world to really hone those things to that high level. And I think one of our greatest uh, uh, realizations is that uh, we we should maybe quit a little bit before you know we get way lazy. too far and 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 yeah and <laughs> yeah and, and get outclassed, you know. Uh, in mid-career you know um and so we we kind of both uh tangent you know made made a bit of a tangent um not really by um i I wouldn't say it was for me at least maybe for you it was a little different brian uh but for me it wasn't a, a, a well thought out um decision it was just more like uh i think i'm not that great and so at playing this instrument anyway so i'm gonna try do other things and see if that if I'm getting the same enjoyment or if I'm getting a little bit of of um of a different satisfaction from let's say writing music and and so that happened for me in about uh, late second year early third year, um and 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 then from there I, I kind of continued to pursue composition but the the recording path for Brian was kind of like this hobby of ours that um that Brian had first kind of started to take on as a high school kid. Um, which led him to, you can talk about how your path uh, led you to kind of your master's. In okay, so, so
2: before all that, we were, we're just really, like, we're kind of lazy. So, <laughs> so every time, we had, like, a system going on. So we were supposed to practice after school. This is high school. And uh, the TV was upstairs in our parents' bedroom. And then the front door was, like, a straight shoot stairs up the, the bedroom. So all three of us would watch cartoons but have our music like open like our stands have music on it in our bedrooms and then one of us would take the shift and watching like when mom and dad comes back peeking out the blinds like like in between creeps they're like they're back and then everyone just rushes back downstairs like into our stations
1: (laughs) yeah we'd have all our we'd we'd have it all all down to a t like our our instruments are all open (laughs) strings are wound like you know the bow is wound you know books are open (laughs) as if we're like mid stride and so when we get down there, it's like you jump right into the middle yeah, of a phrase the phrase or whatever. Yeah, you start the song in the middle. You just start right in the middle, <laughs> as if you've been playing it for the last two hours. Uh, but yeah, that's the moment. I mean that that was like we weren't even double digits in age yet. I think for for us, like we were like just yeah, still in a elementary school at that time. So oh uh, yeah, I think that, that should've, we should have known earlier on that we weren't cut out to to rise to the top.
0: That <laughs> has know? like the same sort of vibe as as rushing to cook the rice put the rice in the rice cooker yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> or dethaw thaw the chicken and it's way too late you know yeah. you got to yeah. like put it in scalding <laughs> boiling water and and hope for the best yeah. um but yeah i mean like you, it's it's because uh, we know that you went and did your actual masters in flute performance so your yeah, path, so path must have yeah, been you're uh, very dedicated level. in that in that way and and kind of pers- the pursuit of that um singular uh, prize I I, of being a master of flute
0: yeah i guess yeah. like now i can it's, it's kind of funny that my twitch viewers can they're just like you're you're a master <laughs> like they can yeah. call me a yeah. master i'm like yeah that's kind of weird but yeah <laughs> um because i really don't feel like i've mastered anything but like i've always been so i've always done composition on the side and i've Got myself into all the sound recording stuff too. So like, what you guys have done, I guess, professionally in the school academic realm is like what I always wanted to do. But I except
1: think- you were too good at flute is your problem. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. own that way uh, too yeah, hard. I
0: was so good that yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's where it went wrong for you. It's uh, being too good. <laughs>
0: uh. Far from it. I just I think that it was just easier in a sense to just continue on in like what I've always known and it's less scary, I guess. But then now that I'm out of school, I am putting a lot more time and energy into the composition and the recording and everything. So I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting to see like how our different paths kind of still have similarities. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of just playing with the same pieces, but at different, uh, Iterations of it throughout our lives. I mean, like you, you, you said that word safe. Like to be honest, I think um, we felt very comfortable in academia, and um, and so yeah, even if it was switching out a, a performance stream to a more uh, you know composition or, or sound recording, um, that was still a very safe decision. Like we're we're sticking to school. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we're not hard. Like we we know we're just a bunch of you know. Um, um, RC school kids but um we 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 played it very typically uh that way uh, which ended up just taking its own turn later on in life but um by and large like our path has been very uh very uh, very normal in, in in a sense of what a, a person would um do if they took the school stream of of doing music. Um, yeah. and, and we we did all that. We, we tried our best to really do um, stick to the script and and even if it was little pivots here and there um, you know the script was already laid out as as far as like taking us from um, when we we're kids to to when we graduated from from university or, or you know our graduate programs.
3: Mm-hmm. It was, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go for
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was for me though. I don't think it was as much of a script as it was just I didn't know what the heck I was doing and it was like like it was the easy that is the thing. script that uh, yeah <laughs> who the f knows <laughs> do this if you don't know <laughs> cuz like honestly like in grade 10 we started playing for indie rock or folk groups like I played the cello and they're like oh we want some strings mm. so like went in the studio and I was like okay this is the first time I was like this is so far from like what I thought like this is there's like expensive mics everywhere and i couldn't like picture myself there without having like loads of money or you know there's like no way i didn't know how to get in and then mm-hmm. i went to record at another guy's house and it was just like his kids toys were all over the floor and like you know and they're his, his wires are run, running down his basement and i was like okay maybe this is like a viable way but mm-hmm. still like seeing it and like doing it ourselves was so like the disconnect was so high that school just seemed like the next natural solution. Mm -hmm. But obviously like it didn't, you know, we, the entrepreneurial spirit wasn't necessarily developed from school. um, As you know.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair though, you like, just to give Brian some more credit and, and where this path has led us both. Um, this is the early 2000s, and you know everything that he was talking about, uh, with with his first experience at a home recording studio, which is you know in the early 2000s was like just coming up. Uh, things are starting to become more affordable at that point, um, where people can really start start things at home, and that's kind of when Brian started to invest into that as a hobby, um, and and you know being able to build those pieces. At our space and our parents were very gracious to mm-hmm. um have like a space there for us to to just use. Um it was it doubled as the laundry room, but it was a very big kind of a recreational space. We call it the uh, family room. Uh, yeah, the family room. Yeah. And then we just like took it. We just annexed it pretty much. <laughs> um, unfortunately for you know, uh, for a sister who uh yeah. <laughs> was like, just took the biggest space in the house and just used it for our own purposes. But um, but yeah, I mean I at that time it was like piece by piece, every every year be a little piece added to the studio. Um and, and Brian took like the the majority of the lead in, in building those things, like um knowing to build a computer, uh and and getting monitors, getting
2: a mixer, getting interface and So we we got we were using uh Adobe Edition before it was Adobe Edition, so it was called um Cool Edit. Cool Edit, man. She, like that's <laughs> yeah. like the OG. The OG cool before they got bought out by Adobe, yeah.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> um, I remember like
2: just taking all the hi-fi stereo equipment that wasn't connected to anything and just putting it there just cuz how it looked. Yeah, it looked good. It, it looked, looked cool, looked dope. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
3: yeah, honestly sp-
0: we we got onto the topic of Jonas Brothers on my Twitch stream the other day somehow and they had a TV show just like Jonas or something, whatever the title was, and it was just revolving around the jonas brothers and it was a fictional kind of show and i thought the set was so cool like they had an amp on the table they had like their little recording setup and so i just put yeah. an amp on the table
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it that's right
0: i wasn't even gotta using gotta, it it just looked yeah, cool yeah faking it you gotta
1: look yeah. the part you gotta look the part <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that that was really the the high school like underpinning of our experience like uh, of still doing the classical thing and at the same time, like starting to build this other thing that was going on, um, which for Brian, he took it way more seriously than I did. I, I always just used it after he was done. I was like, I came in and just like hung out and, and um, toyed around with, with the stuff. And then, um, you know, and then Brian would be the one that's like in there like like 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. um, you know, in between meals. He'd be in there after like staying up to 2 a.m. Um, and, and so, like, when we kind of got our past kind of hit, hit university and what to do after that, and, and Brian pushed that way, it, it was very much because of that um, beginnings. Uh, whereas I, I'm i always the one that can't be bothered between the two of us. Um, so, I was like, oh, composition, you don't need no tools. You just kind of need, like, a brain and some paper, right, and a pen. <laughs> that's very um, true, though. It's actually Yeah, true. and so that's kind of, like, my creative uh energy is like very much so uh like you know what don't i need to be creative <laughs> um and so uh our, like the separation between brian and i are very much to this day like kind of in that in that sense and composition for me is like i can still be creative uh without using all that stuff and and so I, I started um writing music and and uh kind of investing in that stream of things um and still, you know, uh, kept minimal, like I had a mic and a little interface uh, throughout college and, and university just to record ideas and, and produce. But that's, that's really, really much it. Well, at the same time, Brian was over at McGill with like the state-of-the-art, you know, studio equipment and learning how to mix on these like massive boards. And, and so he really got that under his fingertips. Um, oh, that's so which, fun. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so coming out of your graduate programs. Did you think you would get into film scoring, or like, what were some of the kind of career paths that presented itself?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's so. There's, there's where like serendipity and and kind of training sometimes um, coincide in in in, uh, in unexpected ways. Film scoring. At that time, I went to UFT uh, University of Toronto for composition yeah shout out uh, you You and i are both alumni shout out uh but they didn't really have a developed film program um all they had was uh one course that um was an elective that um kind of filled in the the smallest gap um in what that world could be um but it was pretty far from my psyche at that time and you know it's like before school i didn't know what i was going to do after school i had the same thought like what am i going to do um, moved back here in Vancouver, and, and just an old college uh, uh, friend had a connection into the film world um, for a composer who, at that time, a songwriter who, at that time, was looking for a little bit of help. And so I kind of that's where I jumped in, um, not knowing too much about that world at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, and you know, years later, here I am still doing it. Um, but uh, but yeah, very much so. It was it was kind of. Uh, being at the right time at the right place and just happen to have some of the skills to make it work because as you know um, this world is it's kind of a, a combination of being able to do production work but also being able to write and having some hard skills and soft skills to um, support both those aspects of the work um, and so I just happened to be an okay candidate but it was very humbling you know uh, coming out of school you know expecting to write concert music and and orchestral stuff and, and now being in a position where I can barely write music for cartoons, um, for like animation for like eight year old girls, like found that totally stressful and, and hard. Um, it's very humbling to jump from that place to like now uh finding it a challenge to even do the most basic, you know, scoring principles. And and so that that was kind of my rude awakening to to the film world and um and trying to make it work ever since.
0: Mm. Yeah, Brian, what about you for yeah. like sound engineering?
2: Yeah, I mean, I um, I always like gear, so and I didn't, I was just like, oh, I need to go to a place where I can learn how to use all this stuff. So I went to McGill um program, and it was great because they did have all that stuff. No um,
0: shout outs but- to McGill because I didn't go there, yeah, no,
2: zero <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> it's too cold, <laughs> it's too cold at McGill, yeah, it was cold, um, and uh. The yeah, great program and but what the first what one of the first things that was hammered into to me at the program was um, that good gear don't make good music mm. you know? um, because the first year they, they make you do a qualifying year, which is you basically everyone's assistant or everyone's, you know, assistant um, and you have like shit hours and you have shit gear. Um, and you, and I, and then they're like, oh yeah, you can just record whatever you want. And I realized, you know, um, if, if the song's good and the musicians are good, like it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, so, <clears throat> cause before I would always say, oh yeah, maybe if I just get one more, like I had 10 amps and maybe if I get one more amp, it would be, I'd, I'd be amazing, you know?
0: You gotta put it on the desk too. Yeah,
2: yeah and not have it hooked so up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean it was it took a while, so I went to the place to had gear um and learned that. But then afterwards, you know, like when Caleb went to do his um composition degree, he had one mic and then he recorded Arcade Fire's cover. Like I think it was funeral, and it was like amazing. Like it was like one mic and it was really, really good. And I think I listened to that. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe actually it's about the music, you know? Um, and so for me, even though I loved recording, um, I knew I kind of missed making the music myself. Um, and, and so after school I did, I was a recording engineer for CBC radio for a bit and, um, and just, uh, as a freelancer, but, uh, when the opportunity came to join forces jumped at it. Cause. You know i want to work with my brother and also just like wanted to make music again
0: oh yeah do you ever i mean i think i asked you this before at vif when we did that quick little chat which i, I still haven't posted i haven't looked at that video
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you, you 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 looked at it and i was like I, it doesn't <laughs> snuff <yeah. laughs> you looked at it yeah uh, you just pressed Honestly, delete right after I, I don't know where well i don't know what <laughs> happened to it it's gone
0: Honestly, I, I, I did watch it, and then, because I was just holding the camera, I didn't, I didn't have a plan for this, and you guys were the only ones that I, I had the opportunity to be like, hey, do you have five minutes to just answer a couple questions for my podcast thing? So I was just holding it, and I was talking to you guys, and you're answering, and then you, you can see the camera slowly tilt down, <laughs> 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 and it's just like pointed at your torso for like a solid minute. Or so, uh, and hilarious. then it like that slowly comes back up,
1: and that's when <laughs> that you realize terrible. it was our, it was our bellies talking the whole time. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh yeah, that's
1: amazing camera work.
0: Amazing, so good. Do you two ever, you know, get in disagreements with your work, or like just butt heads about something about a project you're working on, or taking on a project that one of you doesn't want to do, or you know, stuff like that?
1: Um, I say pretty fairly constantly yeah uh, butting heads (laughs) butting heads i think what we've before we started i had worked with other the other composer for about seven years and then at that point i'm like okay i think it's really time to just um go off and and do my own thing and at that time i'm thinking like okay you know what i can do my own thing or um we've always had the dream of partnering up and, and doing it together. So I was like, okay, either I go off and do my own thing or I get my brother on board and we can do something together. And at that time, he was like, you know, first call in Vancouver as a recording engineer. So that, that would have meant um, he needed to kind of drop that side of his, his thing to, to uh, come work, you know, alongside me uh, writing music um, for who knows what at that point. You know, if we're going to just um, uh, start from scratch. At, at that stage, we were thinking like, I, I remember thinking like, well, we're so alike. This is going to work like immediately it's just going to be you know the way that we've always done things and it's going to it's and it's going to be just so easy the partnership and well Mm -hmm. i think what we found out it's like oh there's a lot of things that are different now that we've grown up and you know our personality is a little bit more pronounced in different ways and and really um those are the moments where uh how we see things might differ uh what we've got with us it's like we share very much the same values and, and um, integrity about what music should be like, um, but how we realize that has has been you know a little bit of a work in progress. Like we mentioned before, Brian's a guy that that likes to have everything at his fingertips to access and be accessible, whereas I tend to move away from that. Um, you know, I like to start from a blank template um, where there's nothing and just trying to see what happens. Uh, Brian likes to start with like a thousand
2: things. I'm, in just, the template. I'm just not as fast and, of a button masher. That's why. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: X, X, Y, Y, X, X, Y, Y. That's <laughs> all you're to do. Uh, um, but yeah, so even simple things like that makes um, the collaboration sometimes um, a little bit uh, harder to navigate just because on a the, on the very fundamental principle level, we have different ways of working and we have d- different ways of understanding um, scenarios and, 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 um, and, and different paths that we might take if we were individually managing our, our own careers and our, our decisions. Uh, I think what we've come to realize is how to put those two together and and make a consensus about something um, with each other in mind, which takes more time, but it's also more rewarding in that we understand that we're on the same page after the same things. So meanwhile, like we, we might not agree on exactly how to get there. We agree on the destination, and sometimes we'll do it Brian's way. Sometimes we'll do it my way, Um, and and most times it works out. Like there hasn't been a time where it's gotten us into so much um, discord that uh, we don't we don't actually
2: get anything done. We're on Discord, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're on Discord. (laughs) Yeah, just arguing because it's like the platform to do it. Um, But yeah, so it hasn't gotten to the point where we don't know how to act. Like. But it's definitely a few times it's gotten us to like pause what we're doing. We gotta stop. We gotta figure it out. Because this is not helping like either of our scenarios to uh, you know, just yesterday we had we had a chat where, mm. where we had to kinda of like hit pause and, and figure figure some kinks out and um and just get realigned and, and reestablished as a partnership. Um because it's uh, I, I think for me I, I realize things about myself too. Like I I actually probably I'm not a great partner because I I'm a bit of a lone wolf. Like I, and I, and you know, that's some an area that I need to work on knowing that I've chosen to be in a partnership yet for some reason, my default mode is to be in a alone in a dark room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I've been like that since I was a kid. I, uh, and it's just like, and Brian's the opposite, you mm-hmm. know, he likes um, to be involved, get everybody's opinion and, and, you know, and, and I'm, opposite of like that. in a band like, are, yeah are it's like hey yeah like, what do you think this blah, 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 are you, you know?
0: introverted and extroverted or uh, it's not both? so simple as that yeah i know but yeah I'm curious now it,
1: i think base mode well we we both have tendencies of both what would you you mm-hmm. would say you probably think, your energy comes yeah, from extroversion I'm probably 51% right
2: 51 extroverted yeah the one yeah.
0: one percent the one percent, <laughs> like,
2: the one percent. like i'll yeah. need i'll need a lot of time alone but I, I get my energy from from being with people for sure. Yeah. as well yeah mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not no, too. like in the corner of the room kind of thing yeah. <laughs> like but still well, need to you, be in the room
1: yeah you're quite yeah. you yeah you love you know when there's like vif vif was a time yeah. where you really came alive um you know after having spent months like just hunkering down on a on a series like being in in a room where there's energy to be felt like yeah that was a situation where you know that really speaks to you
2: I mean that was my uh, motive that was my work every day for years mm-hmm. you know like i was i was there capturing great artists you know um like we're always talking to people and you know feeding off them and trying to create something together um that makes sense and you know when you're a composer sometimes you like don't do that right you're just in your own space which is I great freaking as love well that <laughs> i love that so much <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm with Caleb on uh, this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's it is like a default for a lot of composers to, um, you know, really, really guard that part of the work, uh, because it is like sacred to us, uh, you know, being able to create something on your own accord and and do it um on your own terms is kind of like the goal, right? And so when when you allow somebody else, um, um, into that process, and 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 who might have different ideas. Like, there's some there's some giving out to do, and 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 reassessing those uh, priorities, and and what I would hold dear for myself, um, and be able to share that. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's another joy of its own, but it sometimes you know conflicts with the base w- desire to just do everything yourself. And you know, I think maybe you're the same way. Like, I think my my base mode of functioning is like bedroom musician. Just mm-hmm. like stuff me in a bedroom, nothing else. Like I'll just make music if if that's my only only thing I know how to do. Like and and you know and letting go of that sometimes when you know there's more than one person in in, in the room now and and now furthermore you have to collaborate with people outside of that room. You know, and that's all part of the work that uh, I think personally it's it's been a learning process for me, and it continues to be. Um, but it's got so many rewards that you know things come out of it that are way greater than just the one thing that you can do in your room so yeah definitely worth it (laughs) yeah that's right that's right
0: yeah Yeah. because like i know what i've done a couple of co-writing sessions now but i mean like online with people i haven't really done that many in person but still like uh, you know like i'd rather just do my own thing (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but like, so I know kind of how, and it's it's different with everybody that you you work with, but so I kind of know like the co-writing process now, for mm-hmm. songs. But like, what do you guys have? Like, what's your typical workflow when you're co-composing? You're working on a mm-hmm. score together.
2: I mean, I think there's a lot of give and take, I, uh, and we uh, we actually don't write together together most of the time because it doesn't really work that way. I I guess we synchronize our sonic palettes so at least we're speaking the same language um in the same using the same instruments um and then uh and then we like maybe write a theme together and then just go off on our own and and and, maybe, and initially listen to each other's cues try to get to the same place but we Caleb takes a cue and I take a cue that
1: yeah yeah there's definitely uh I think the starting a, a show and doing it now multiple times, mo- multiple iterations over with different shows, has kind of um, taught us what our strengths are, uh, in in a way, um, or and weaknesses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I will always call it quit before Brian on on most things because uh, Brian's personality and his skill set is to take it something. And like go in the long haul like really go like the marathon with this like he'd be on mix 2013 and like you know and still finding something wrong with it because that's the training right that's like um training on top of personality type um and 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 so it's actually a weakness no i mean yeah at some point it becomes a weakness and i think that's what we realize like but but for for a long time it sustains there as a strength and to be able to like um sonically um pick things apart. Um, until they they really make sense and and serve um its musical purpose so that's always been brian's strength even as uh, when we're kids so he's always um you know been more of like uh a perfectionist that way and really um strive to have this thing be literally the best like I'm not talking about like the best that it can be. I'm talking about like objectively the best. Like that's like I think like his goal, right? End point
2: is like but then everybody write, needs to yeah. agree
1: this is the best before he calls it quit, right? Whereas for me, I'm like a fast twitch, like when we ever every, every time we play foosball when we we're kids, like I just I just shoot the ball every single time. Um without even really um uh really like developing much of a play. Like and I think um for me it's also Where my strength comes in is uh, having that fast reaction um, concept for something. So when a pitch comes in, I think it tends to be like it it tends to arrive in my head as a as as a concept idea for a score faster. Mm. And then what um, what's great is then like I can have that concept, which then gets processed through uh, Brian's like lens of making it yeah making it sound and sonically like very very amazing and and appealing to to listen to and and like we uh, and, and kind of polished that way and so like it, it it tends to be around that process i think for us when we start something um and for better or for worse like we're in an industry where time is of the essence a lot of the times uh and so our strengths really have to uh be in play for it to work um, as a partnership and so where I get a fast reaction to something and where Brian um, can, then, can then really fle- flesh it out and, and, and make it really great it's like the collaboration of those two things put together mm-hmm. um, so the weak point of that is like we know where things might break in our workflow like if we're into you know yesterday this is kind yesterday, of a conversation yeah. that we have it's like literally <laughs> yes, yesterday it's like if Brian can't let go of a mix, I think it's my responsibility to really step in and be like, I think mix 93 was it. Like it might've even been mix five,
2: five but yeah. you know, <laughs> it most but likely I think, is mix five.
1: Uh, but mm-hmm. I think like that's, and, and, and then he has to step in and, and, you know, do the same for me when, when my weak points are engaged. Right. So I think that's a collaborative process that, that we're partaking in and, and learning how to communicate that has not been easy. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it does get frustrating, you know, when, when, When we both have things that we're not willing to let go of or it takes us harder um, to to kind of let go of, it it starts to get uh, into a territory where we're like, okay, this really matters, but how do I communicate that it really matters without devaluing what the other brings to the team? and um, But also highlighting um, that together we're better in this way. But at some point, we got to let things go too. So um, that's frequently, I, I, I think, our... The conversations that that we share mm.
0: that yeah but, that sounds kind of nice i know that like yeah. that's a struggle <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds like like i could probably use somebody to tell me this is good enough like just stop yeah remixing it and stop and just stop let yeah, it go yeah. it's good enough you know but i can well, also see how that could get really frustrating and really difficult to to be able to just say that and
1: yeah. I mean, it's like, it's trust, right? If, if, we, if we don't trust each other, none of this will work. And the same token that we tell each other it's good enough, uh, we shred things to bits, you know, um, mm. before we can get to that point. And, and trusting that when we do shred things, it's not because I hate you. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but you don't know that. You're trusting me that I'm not saying that. Um, mm. I'm saying that, like, for the sake of the film, which is outside the both of us. And so, like... Really keeping those, those relationships in check uh, matter in terms of how uh, we arrive at something that we're both proud of um, instead of just, um, f- you know, sometimes you don't want to step over someone's toes and so you just let it go. But, you know, if we're rigorously working that out as a relationship point, um, it'll help the music go a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're not even talking about music. We're just talking about like how to be brothers, really. We're just, this is, this is all just talking it's about a
0: relationship to yeah, right now. Yeah,
2: yeah, I guess we're not even talking about make, making music right now, but, um, <laughs> Well, bring it back to like pre- coming from a production standpoint, like the same idea about, you know, good gear doesn't, don't make good music is the same as good mix. Don't make good music either. You know, um, we, and, and we kind of had to experience, or oh, for me, I had to experience it firsthand where we got like that, that thing that we shared, um, in VIF, Panko and Pony, the first pitch of that was not a good mix, you know, but it was, um, somehow we, I think we got the heart of the show and that, that was it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so like it, I have to kind of reel back from that and look at it and say, you know, what do people really care about? And, and is it, is it your Sonics or is it, i'll let you stay up last night <laughs> or is it like the you know the simplicity of you know the melody you know um, yeah so
0: yeah i was talking to kate mcgill on the podcast and talked a little bit about mixing our songs mm. and how you know we could get you could get so obsessed with the mix and and the recording part too like m- mouth clicks and weird noises totally. that like seep into your recording by accident like that happens all the time and if we're so perfect about it we're probably never going to get a song out right
1: That's right
2: completely
0: Yeah
1: but it it's a, it's a dance though like sometimes being perfect about it um it's not for that song but for the next one that you'll do you know mm, yeah. um because it 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 drives you uh to strive for something that's outside of your immediate achievable um moment and so like yeah, I, I tried my best six years ago on something and you know, my best wasn't that great. But, you know, if I keep doing that, um, you know, six years from now, um that that's gonna pay dividends and mm-hmm. the progress, right? So it's mm-hmm. I think it's there's there's some merit to um going a step beyond uh your media capabilities and pushing through to get there, even though, yeah, maybe you should have dropped it. Um, but um, you know, that extra ounce of effort you give um, might come back and, and return in, in some way in the future in terms of coming, it, it might come easier again. You know, if you mm-hmm. had to do the same thing uh, and you push through it once, uh, you know that you can reach there. And, and kind of, I think, maybe co- composing in this world where there's deadlines involved and there's, um, there's other opinions involved helps you create boundaries around yourself as a musician where you can safeguard your value but also know what you can bring uh, at, any given, at any given point and be able to confidently stand behind that and be like, ah, oh, yeah, I can bring this shit because I've done it before in my own time and and, and and it took me this this amount of time to get there this time, but I know because I've done it, yeah, I can get there in, in, in this amount of time and be confident approaching a project and kind of deal with everybody's insecurities starting any project, right? You got to mm-hmm. have something to stand behind and those are often the times of, You know you've done battle with yourself um and you can really appreciate that about yourself and and be able to go into something um with that confidence in mind so Mm -hmm. yeah something to be said about um being meticulous
2: and relentless with yourself and case in point for pre templates yeah (laughs) yeah this is literally like yesterday the reason why we got it to sound better is because we were working off a previous template that was so that that was our best at the time you know Mm. and 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 the way that we compose nowadays is that we can stack 10 plugins on top of each other if we wanted to, you know? So maybe like we had five last time and we added the sixth one. And literally we added a plugin yesterday on our mastering chain that just made everything so much better. And- So just keep putting plugins in. That's (laughs) the answer. That's the answer. Just buy
1: more plugins. (laughs) This is sponsored by Waves. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah um you know i have a couple patreon questions and i'll ask them at the end but this one seems pretty relevant because uh, chris asked when starting to compose a piece do you have a specific instrument or tool or software that you like to brainstorm and write with and i guess Uh, you know pre-mixed templates are part of that maybe
2: (laughs) yeah uh it depends on the show i would say. Yeah. Because we're like, as, as screen composers, we're always working off uh, some kind of motivation from the story. So, for instance, for, for Panhandle, the, the series that we pre- presented from, from Viv, um, it was like supposed to be a Southern score um, that's not country or Western. And Caleb had the fantastic idea of like buying banjos, <laughs> you know, it's like, and maybe play it in a different way. Um, and because he did that, the score ended up sounded s- sounding like swampy, which is exactly like how how the needle was supposed to be threaded. Mm-hmm. you know, um, so in that instance, the motivation for that singular instrument led to the score um, because right. it was the sound
1: mm. yeah, I mean, that's a, even beyond that, kind of more philosophically, um it depends on the your mode of creation i guess for 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 me um being uh a composer who i know from my own experience just loves way too many types of music to be really good at one singular thing but enjoys many things i think that's my pool of inspiration from that point um and so the tool really is like your experience of of how you approach music to begin with. Some people really write with piano and, and that opens up their world for everything, uh, just the one instrument on a piano. But for me, it's, it's more of the imagination. And I'm, I come from uh, a generation where technology was always available. Um, even when I was writing with pen and paper, there was always technology around to make things happen. And so that becomes like the greatest tool is to, to have that accessibility of uh, knowing that at any point in time if i needed something uh it's it's maybe already kind of there and Mm so the it, it frees in some ways it hinders the mind from being pushing beyond those bounds but also it frees you up to be able to imagine anything that you might like so um many times it's like okay my experience tells me that um this show uh might need a particular instrument or uh, I could go against that and and try something different, but very much it's like the gut instinct for me. It's like that's I gotta honor that like first reactionary instinct, um, and whatever tool it might be at that point, whether it's um whether it's retreating to a piano, a very classic uh, style of composing where you jot down some notes on on a pad and and write down melodies, or if it's just opening a a blank Daw template, I think you have to honor that like for me, I have to honor that gut instinct um, and to say, which way is this going? Is it voice memo time on, on, you know, driving down a highway, like um, just click on Siri, record this? Um, Or is it like, I got to be at a DAW, so I have uh, multiple tools available to me? Or is it just, um, you know, imagining it um, free from any of those bounds? And, And philosophically, I think that realizing that I need to kind of get to that point A first uh, and push against it maybe later on um, I think changed a lot of things for me because I used to second guess a lot I used to second guess everything that I did because there's always an expectation and then there's always like push against the expectation how do I know which one's which like Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's like am I pushing against the expectation because that's what I'm expected to do which one's the expectation you know (laughs) Um, so I think it's like got too confusing for me Um, so my tool was like, my base compositional tool was to ignore that for now and just do what I think I can do and, and then assess it maybe the day later when there's a bit more clarity when you've, when you've slept on it or or you wake up with just, like, an epiphany of some sort. Mm. Um, that's a tricky one, though. I don't know. No right answers, I guess. Yeah. D- you do I, you is kind of the thing.
0: Are these expectations, like, from directors and from these pitches that you guys are getting or... Are these yeah, expectations I'm, like from your composition teachers, kind of thing? <laughs> right.
1: I mean, there's, yeah, there's all sorts, right? Like, there's so many external factors, and specifically in film composing. Whereas if you're writing concert music, your expectation might just be you and the player that commissioned you or the orchestra um, having, that, having, that, um, uh, having that dialogue um, earlier on. But with, with film music, you don't know who might be chiming in from a network to a producer to a mm-hmm. director. Sometimes even um, you know an actor might even have something to say about something, and you just don't know. Um, and so it's like filtering out those layers, and and kind of understanding, uh, you know, on the business side of things, you got to figure that out. Yeah, I, I think that's that's uh, a no brainer to learn how to figure that out. But from music side of things, you kind of have to ignore that. Um, and and you're on a show for a reason, or you're um, you're inspired for a reason and those reasons are legitimate on their own accord. I think it's worth your time to give it a shot, uh whatever those things are. And then later on you can kind of learn from experience what those expe- expectations might have been and how they communicate that. You know, a lot of times you'll get a pitch and they'll say like, hey, um we kind of like these references, but can we make them fresh? <laughs> like like freshen it up like for for a modern usage and, and it's like how, what does that mean? Like what yeah. is fresh? You know, like Stranger Things is fresh, but it's like '80s music. Mm-hmm. What, what does fresh even mean? Like, you know, it, and 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 they'll like. There's always those kind of buzzwords that um that I think experience will help um, a layer of of uh, interpreting that. Um, but uh, I think you only,
2: sorry, you keep going. I have to. Oh, so yeah,
1: you only get the experience if you if you give it a shot and 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 kind of uh, and honor the instinct to begin with. Right. Go well, ahead, Bryce. Well, going
2: back to Chris's question about whether we write on instrument or is is there some kind of you know way? I think for for me at least it's, it's genre based. You know, if uh, if a particular genre calls for a more produced track, then you know the dog goes. You know, um, but for melodic stuff, um, piano or voice or voice memo, um, because I don't know the melody is just. Somehow, um, unless the melody is supposed to be for a really particular instrument, um, it's just easier to sing. Yeah. Um, and so, and easier to send to Caleb too, you know, um, because you can just press share. Uh, and so, I mean, like we got like thousands of voice memos <laughs> that just say like whatever address that we're currently in. Yeah. <laughs> the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Boy, number 13. Yeah. That's the one.
1: <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, a good amount of self awareness goes a long way. When I play piano, I know I do the same shit all the time because I can only do piano so well, you know? I can't do like crazy stuff on piano. I'm only limited. And so what I tend to write on the piano sounds like what I would write on the piano. And Mm. what I do on a guitar Mm -hmm. sounds like what I would always do on a guitar unless I'm really trying to experiment. And and, 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 and in that sense, like, there is no better tool than just your freaking mind. Like, (laughs) just sit in a dark room turn the lights off or you know lie down and just experiment with your mind and see where it goes mm-hmm. um you know there's a there's a reason why things come to people in showers um it's because they're away from like uh maybe their their regular mode of functioning and sometimes that just frees up some pathways that that you weren't aware of you know mm-hmm. um and and sometimes instruments themselves like there's there's so much um uh you know there's so much muscle memory to that that it it, it doesn't trigger that for the mind mm-hmm. so um. It depends True. on. Yeah, really depends on the the scenario.
0: Do you have like a routine or anything, or or you know what do you do if you get creative blocks?
1: Just slap myself. <laughs> 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 Just slap machine. Do better. Uh, set it up. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> Apply yourself. You know, that what people say all the time when they're. Uh, uh. Sometimes, what I've I I picked this trick up from somewhere else. I can't remember, so I can't take credit for it. Um. Is, Just take it. It's yours now. Okay. So yeah, it's mine. Okay. So I thought about this uh, in three years ago. Um, the one time I was writing a film and I was really blocked. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but I think at the end of the night, it's it's a very or at the end of the day, it's a pivotal moment. Like how you finish that day, because that might dictate how you start it the next the next morning. Um, sometimes for me, it's like leave something half done. Uh, I don't have to finish it. Like you know, I like I think. Maybe a lot of us have to urge to like you gotta end it off and just like you gotta you know you gotta tie it up with a bow or like make a basket before you leave the court scenario. But sometimes it's like leaving it open so that the next day I come back knowing what I need to do, um leaving it open with a purpose, um that has kind of cleared up um, a path to to knowing how to progress into the next moment of of writing because it's already kind of prescribed from from where I uh, where I left it, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so there are some scenarios where you know you're in a roll and you have to just finish it, but it's also a, a nice little restraint to to be able to just leave enough so you start the day off with some momentum um, and and knowing that the next day the first thing you're going to do is finish something, and that always feels good. Um, you know it, it's sometimes scary to start the day like I don't know how to start the next thing because I already finished something else last night and now I'm moving into a new day with, with no inspiration. Like, what am I going to do, right? Mm. And to get, those, get that rhythm going is pretty important. When you're day in, day out, you need to write something and um, your, your career kind of depends on being able to deliver. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, that's a nice little tool that I somehow, I don't know where I learned it from, but for this podcast, I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, wow, so enlightening. Uh, so much wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I like that sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, what do you do, Brian? Like,
2: I don't know. I we, think for, I guess for the animation stuff, um, we have an editing library, um, which has like metadata da- that we, from our previous cues that we've written. Um, sometimes you can be inspired by, by that. Like I, I've numerous times when it's like, okay, I don't want to write another angry cue in the same way well, how can, I, how can I change this up, you know? And then you just type in angry in the search. <laughs> yeah. And then and you tuba. listen. Angry yeah. and tuba. yeah. And you <laughs> throw a bunch of plugins on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but having a reference point really helps, I think, for me. That's a
1: great trick. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah.
1: also, I, th- I think it's something to be said about uh, writing music just on your own time apart from from things. Like, it doesn't mat- matter if it's a dead end um, in terms of, like, half-finished something. Uh, but, like, just just having a moment apart from the things that you need to do just to write something is, like, invaluable because I can't say how many pitches that we've put in. So many. So many, <laughs> yeah, so many pitches that we've put in that um some of them make it, some of them don't, but so many of them I've, like, Taken music from 2015, you know, like the last three pitches we did. I'm sure I brought in cues or like yep. pieces that I've, 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 you know, done in like you know five, six, seven years ago that were just nothing cues. They they but meant they're nothing at like that time.
3: But they're <laughs> fresh, yeah. And you freshen
1: them out, and then that's how they make it into the pitch. But yeah, most of, a lot of them are just sketches, like half done, um, not fleshed out. But there's a nice little kernel of idea and. And for some reason, like I, I recall that when I look at the pitch and I say, Oh, I remember that thing I did, you know, um when, you know, when when I was at the end of my day and I just had like one little idea. And lo and behold, those that was what maybe that that pitch needed to kinda um have some legs and, and finishing it at that point. So like having a backlog of just ideas, it's it's amazing. Um and not all of them will be used. I'm sure so many of them are just still going to be for nothing and just down to drain. But the ones that have made it, like they've, they've done amazing things for, um, for just um, being able to showcase something that you've forgotten that you had in your, in your arsenal or your back pocket. Uh, and, and, you know, it's always feel good, feels good to bring something out. It's like finding change in your pocket, you know, it's oh, like, yes. Oh yeah, wow, five bucks. Or like, <laughs> you know, your sofa, there's like, there's some like coins, like, you know, hanging out there. And um, that's, that, that's the same kind of feeling. And that already, uh, Neurologically, like just jumpstart so many things um, to to write the next one base of that. So uh, yeah, I'm a big proponent of just keeping things going. Yeah. Apart from you know the projects themselves,
0: those are really great answers yeah. for, for for how to get out of a creative block.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, just slap yourself that sometimes. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's the best one. Gently, with with self self love, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, you guys talked about. You know, having all these deadlines and stuff. I would imagine that it would be, it's so easy to just get burnt out from, you know, constantly having to make music day in, day out and like meet these deadlines. And like you've, you've, we've touched on having to make so much and, you know, having to let it go sometimes and, and move on and say it's good enough. Do you burn out? How do you, how do you just keep that fuel going?
2: <laughs> Do I yes. take this one first, or you wanna? Um, we, I mean, we definitely don't feel good about everything that we submit, um, and sometimes, sometimes that's okay, you know. I, having the, I guess, the grace for for ourselves to to know that. Um, I burn out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell Caleb, "Hey, I'm dead." <laughs> I gotta go. Oh. Uh, and that's come
0: back from that also.
2: After the nap? Just, just like arising <laughs> just, from a crib like you would expect <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Just, okay. you know, I take off my mummy wrappings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know. I think that's a good question. Well, We're still trying to figure that out all the time. I think it's different every time. Mm-hmm.
3: You know,
1: Con uh, contextually it's I mean it's it's hard to talk about music without talking about the rest of life mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. nothing that we do really exists in a vacuum of the rest of you know the rest of living um and uh, and often i think that we tend to feel that our musical selves just exist in the bubble but it really doesn't right um uh, yeah there's deadlines looming and there's things that you need to do as a as a working composer to hit in, in order to continue to work but there's also things that aren't music related that help the burnout and most of the times you burn out because you're doing the same thing too much over and over again um and and there's no separation uh from that and uh, a sense of self and, and a sense of um you know personhood apart from th- the thing that you you're doing in, day in day out um having maybe a, just awareness of that and and certainly for me, I think it's taken some time to learn that and where my actual boundaries are for stress. Um, I can tell you, I now know that because when my son was born, um, I went down to Nashville uh, to record a film score uh, and he was a week old. And um, you know, when a baby is born, you don't get no sleep. You don't get nothing. And, you know, and the stress of knowing that I'm leaving my wife behind with the, with a with a newborn our first son and i'm like like just like yeeting out of there uh to like do a film score like uh, miles away um there's mental stress related to that and from that experience even though um it worked out fine but like i developed like like eczema from like Mm just physically stressed right so that i know that's oh that might have been my limit so if i feel that again i know where i'm at Mm -hmm. um because i've reached it and i've and i've kind of screwed up a little bit um well i do not want to say screw up but i, I made it i made a decision that i have to live with you know so i think those boundaries really help uh with burnout because it you don't know if you're you, i think most of the times people don't know that they're burning out while they're burning out it's like how do you know um mm-hmm. you know uh it just sometimes it just hits and sometimes you don't know that you've been burning out for three months um, and now you're like, you've reached the end of the burnout and that's actually not good. Like once you've like, it's like a candle is like completely burnt out, you're, you're done. Right. Yeah. But the burning out part can sometimes last a long time and there can be ways out of that in the middle of that process of burning out um, so that you don't get to the, the past tense of that, um, of that verb and that action. And, and yeah, for me, it's, I, I think I learned a lot of this, like when I was doing my graduate school too, it's like, for some reason. I wanted to play StarCraft 2 a lot. Um, so I spent a lot of time playing StarCraft and a lot of time playing basketball when I really should have been you know, writing music. And I was like, why, why is that? Like, why didn't I invest more into what I'm supposed to be doing? And mm-hmm. later on in life, I realized, oh, I think that's me trying to like, balance. you know, um, uh, and, and now I just need, need to do it responsibly instead of just, you know, there's respons- responsibilities at play. Um, so learning to do that responsibility uh, r- responsibility is um, is is kind of like our learning process. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not too hard to avoid burnout. Uh, well, okay, that's, Caleb. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not too. Yeah, it's it's not too complicated. I, I should say because mm. it's hard. It's not too. It could be a very simple way, but the complication for that it's like there is no answer because everybody feels like. There's, there's, you know, everybody addresses that differently. So I don't know, but from my experience, that's just kind of what I, what has helped me realize certain things that help. Um,
2: I think it, for, I think in, for me, it's always been um, about how much my identity is wrapped up in the thing that I need approval for. Mm. Um, so I'm burning out when that affirmation is not coming when I need need it the most. Or the appreciation's not there for myself, or f- from the source I wanted to get from. So say like I'm, I really depend on this music to, to know t- to tell me who I am. And then if I'm not getting that, then I'm like I'm in the dumps, you know. Um, yeah. And that's a different kind of burnout than like actually physically like just tired. Yeah, I feel like that kind of burnout is actually more unhealthy for me mentally. Um and it's very much almost always linked to um whether I am grateful or not. Um and some kind of um dose of gratefulness is like missing somewhere. Like and I don't know how to get that. And I don't like it's not like I can give anyone advice and oh, you should just feel grateful that you get to do this. Like it's not I don't think it's it's like that. Um, um I think Maybe what Caleb says is a uh, ounce of truth to it that you, you have to find it elsewhere, like other than music um, or other than the thing that you thought was your whole identity, mm. you know? Because yeah. um, I, I don't know. I mean, I still go through this every day because like, I, I think I link, <laughs> I link myself so much to what I do You know, and and I think all of us do as creators. That's why we're so maybe scared of putting things out or, you know, and have to go to Mix 93, you know, Um, but that (laughs) I think that like sense of like uh, imposter syndrome just needs to be channeled back to uh, that. We are we just love what we do and we're grateful for it um, somehow. So. I'm trying to get myself to feel that way uh, every time. Yeah. Well, your, your mixes sound great though.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. If my, I hate myself, but my mixes are amazing. My identity is fulfilled.
3: <laughs>
2: just check out Mix 94. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, jeez.
0: So Caleb does like basketball and do you still play StarCraft?
1: <laughs> no, no. It's. Oh, I want to, I want to go back. Come on, Protoss. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's too, it's too, I would if, <laughs> if maybe they're, if, if maybe I didn't have kids, I think. Mm. I don't want to put it on the kids, but maybe. But you're putting that's it on a, the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. When they get old enough, we'll, we'll, we'll crack it over. Okay. Open we got to
2: wait for Starcraft three. Starcraft oh. three, when it drops. Oh man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, we need to take a month you, off. Ryan,
1: you,
0: Brian, it. you game?
2: I know. I, I mean, I played Starcraft before, but you know, I kind mm. of, I don't game, but I, maybe I should. Well, you know, shout out Aaron
1: Sang. Um, you know, you know him from from yeah, your yeah. UFT days. Uh, him and I used to, you know, play a bit of StarCraft at two a.m. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we were out in Toronto. Uh, made no sense, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I think sometimes uh, there's there's like this natural, um, you know, rebellion of the mind to do something else, and I you don't.
2: Know, Start- that is it's really tough. Uh, mm-hmm. Completely. Um, sorry but, i'm just thinking know. about starcraft and like i like i like the fact For that Iyer. yeah i like the fact that you can play maps with unlimited resources because you just feel like you can just mine everything it's like a one single crystal but like you just keep mining it and it keeps giving you yeah. like re- energy yeah where is that metaphor crystal yeah. when we need it we just need to <laughs> mine
1: that in our yeah, lives in real life oh man. Huh
0: my experience with starcraft is just watching my brother play so i don't really know too much about it no i
1: i know (laughs) hey that was where i was that was how i started though Uh, i literally would pull up a chair and we just watch brian play starcraft until he's done and then i you know i hop on and 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 do and do a little like
0: the whole sound recording stuff
1: yeah 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 my whole life has been like kind of like the the first you know, a few many years of that has been kind of doing that and 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 learning from that. But you probably like if if I dropped you in a StarCraft match, you could probably find your way around pretty quick. Just from <laughs> just the recall of you know all those memories of mm. looking over the shoulder, yeah. watching the mouse clicks,
0: all the gamer stuff. Like I got Reaper going on the yep. gamer personality. <laughs> yeah.
1: Apparently, do you do uh, you game? No, Are not you, really. <laughs> like, you've got the vibe I've, of a gamer.
0: I've played. <laughs> Well, I can't. I really can't do FPS anymore. But like, I used to. I grew up with my brother and my cousins, and they're all dudes. So like, we played Call of Duty a lot, and like, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> we do a lot of that
0: stuff. And Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, all oh, that yeah. classic. You know? Do you have a but, character? Well, you know where it is? I would play Ike a lot. Oh yeah, who like? Oh, interesting. isn't that I'll
1: never play Ike? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But well, that's uh. that's the newer Smash Bros. That's, I mean yeah, the, the original one. Sp- yeah. The original
0: one I just I don't know. I was the I was the baby who just was like, I'll pick whatever every a different Character every time. No, I'm,
1: I yeah I know what you're. You're, you're random. You're hardcore like that. Random. You're so, random. You're so just, good at everyone. I'm also, yeah. I'm just terrible at, all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know how to play this game. Random. And, you know <laughs> And school everybody. No, but whatever really. Character.
0: Yeah. My my brother's character is Pikachu. Oh yeah,
1: oh, interesting. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. That's a weird one to. Do you guys have, really good at?
0: Do you guys have your characters?
1: Uh, I did a lot of Kirby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a, I wasn't any good, but like,
2: Kirby Samus. I like I like uh, Luigi actually because you can do the ma and then like it can, <laughs> the uppercut ma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed a, a
1: yeah a lot of them. Anyways, Bros is a good game. Good mm-hmm. Game. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ten out of ten. Um, I guess we'll like kind of wrap up. Have a couple more questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys have done a lot of film scores and TV shows and a lot of. There's a lot of variety in the stuff that you guys work on and mm. I had this question Fong also had this question um, what is your favorite project like what mm. kind of project is your favorite to work on since it's so diverse Should
1: we say like, the can uh, as the next it, one in the yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so so of, of the things that we've done.
0: Yeah I mean you could also it? say okay. the future ones oh. unless there's an NDA that you can't tell us about but you know, yeah,
1: because uh, like Panhandle,
0: yeah. My Little Pony, they're so different. They're pretty different. Yeah, they're pretty
1: different. um Do you have one, Bry? That um uh, you can you can say favorites? Like pick the uh, pick the favorite. That's so child. hard. Do you, are you have a worst
0: do? one? Like your least favorite? Is that
1: an easier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can. We won't say because I don't get fired. But yeah, or we don't. We want to maintain those uh relationships. Uh, <laughs> relationships yeah, um, there's definitely been less.
2: Uh, appealing ones there's two two method or two streams one is like it's musically bad and then second is because the work relationship is bad Mm -hmm. musically bad Uh like
0: you think it's musically bad
2: yeah or there's like not enough time to make it musically good like yeah yeah because like, yeah, we like, always blame it on other things. Yeah, we always blame like, it that. It's, bad, <laughs> yeah, you know? it's yeah. actually it's not just our fault. It's <laughs> not our
1: fault. It's terrible. It's, you didn't give us enough time. <laughs> yeah. So now we have to make it terrible. Uh-huh. That's your fault. It's on your yes. <laughs> um, Sorry, we just, we just made that question and turned it totally negative for no reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there are a few that stand out um, for different reasons. Um, Panhandle was great because both uh, this is a series that we we did with Sony TV and um, and and Spectrum, and this is a banjo project where we got pretty swampy with things. Uh, that one was great because one, it, the working relationship was amazing in that they really hired us for what we proposed, what we what we chose, what we wanted to do on the on the on the series. They're like, yeah, just do that, and sure enough, it's like. Like sometimes they want you to do that, but they mean something else but but the showrunners, like uh, Carla was so much like, she's experienced and, and she's done like she's shout out she's done a few more of these like <laughs> like she's and she wanted that, and so true enough, like she um we just did what she asked that we proposed in the b- very beginning, and from that standpoint, creatively it really meshed well um and and also it was just kind of like fun music um that a lot of times didn't take itself too seriously, and other times it it really went to darker and more emotional places and you know, it's a a dramedy series. So um, there's a fair bit of drama and also a fair bit of levity to it. And being able to do both those in one show is it's, it's pretty, pretty neat Mm -hmm. to explore
2: those um, areas. It makes Um, a, it makes a huge difference with a trusting showrunner, like Mm -hmm. a massive difference. So like every time we get some, um, a showrunner like that, we're always so grateful Mm -hmm. yeah like there's a singular vision yeah it's just that's a really yeah not not only like clear but the clear in her head but it it clear in communicating it i think that's hard because um even for us to communicate in a story language is it's hard and i think coming to the right vocabulary in english about something that's like not in english at all it's like really hard (laughs) mm-hmm Yeah, and with animation,
1: I, I think it, we have to really separate it when we ask what our favorite is because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's live action stuff and animation stuff that um just worlds apart. Um, some of my favorites were uh, we just did, we just finished, or well, not just it's been a while, but it, it's just being released now. Um, a series called Pinecone and Pony, which we did for DreamWorks and Apple TV. um That one was great because of the story and the narrative. um So we can't even take credit for why it was great. Um, and and it just offered uh for an animated series for children for kids um it just offered so much uh space to explore some emotional things mm-hmm. and also um the one reason why i personally love animation is like you can go orchestral and you can do all the things that when you were a kid you're like man that music is so like um you know it just gets you hyped you know watching uh, all those old disney classics uh, because there's that epic orchestral um, element to it, and and for definitely for animation, it's that's like the one part in in film composing that's always been there. Uh, whereas in live action, it's kind of moved away from that um, in in many ways, and people don't even want that because it's kind of dated, right? It's got some sense of that, um, it's not but fresh. for animation, yeah, it's not yeah, it's not fresh, you know, <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, so so yeah, so animation. Uh, in that vein it's um it's kind of kept a lot of that as as its uh, uh as its core um musical language and so it's fun when we when we come across a show that can allow us to do a little bit of experimenting um, emotionally but also indulge in these big epic moments um where we can go full orchestra and you know this day and age um you know things turn around so fast that, that Uh, You have to be kind of versed, well-versed in programming and and orchestrating on a dime. And for us, like with that, that's where our classical backgrounds and and our experience playing in orchestras when we were kids actually make a difference. You know, like people say, oh, do do you have to go to school? It's like, well, technically, no, you can pick this up anywhere. But if you have some of this in your psyche as growing up being around it, um. And knowing what instruments actually do and how they sound in real life when, when you know, you've got like six French horns blasting your ear off. When I'm, a, I'm in like the back of the second violins. Like the worst <laughs> of the worst, right? So I'm always by like the freaking timpani just like blowing my ears off and like the brasses. So, um, so like knowing how those things, like the force of those things interact um, really dictate um, writing for orchestra and, and, and being in an animation community that, that continues to seek that um it's it's been been a very transferable uh skill that has brought more enjoyment because that skill set is there mm-hmm. um so yeah those are those those are kind of two more recent highlights mm-hmm.
2: Ico and pony was great because um of the emotional depth that they were trying to go for for a kids show like it was like they were really really intentional about um about uh not the nuances um and not being blanket with their emotions like Pony's freaking cute but it's behind that cuteness it's like (laughs) about like what being a warrior means like in like like how warriors cry you know like it's like so crazy like Mm -hmm. it's not like about fighting it's about like you know protection and like how much heart you have you know like and it's just so much like it's just so much uh um like, yeah, you said it's so much harder to. Yeah, it's in, like in, the, in the breath the is huge. Um, mm-hmm. uh, of, so we just really enjoy that. I think ultimately, if there's a good story, like it makes any score so enjoyable for, for me, anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And we really depend on the stories.
0: Mm.
1: Hey, season two streaming on Apple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd <laughs> be shameless about plugging this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who
0: knew that kids' shows would. Have so much depth to it. I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, do kids I, realize
0: it, this. Is it just? It's like, like
1: it's it's gone both ways. I think I, mm-hmm. I feel like the last decade or so, with the explosion of of content, it's mm-hmm. really gone. You get like the shallowest of the shallow shows mm-hmm. like these days, like shows that are literally about nothing. Um, and then you get the other spectrum where it's just a well of just um, uh, you know, for some reason those two extremes have just <laughs> come up as surfaces and, and, and like both achieve popularity on its own. So it's really hard to tell um, when you walk into a show, which one, you know, which, which one it's going to be. Cause um, definitely uh, there's been a lot more of both. Um, whereas before it kind of existed in a more narrow band of, um, you know, of, of experiences, but now it's, definitely exploded to mean a lot more different things and diverse too um, but yeah shows for kids man I don't know like always, we always say like hey let's not do so many animations just uh, you know like invest more into our live action work and adult work and you know every year we just end
2: up doing them anyway <laughs> yeah <'Cause, laughs> and some of them are like be- way better than the live action stuff yeah it's just to like be honest. so oh, yeah. good yeah
0: <laughs> Like, do your kids watch these anime- animated shows
1: yeah, and that's that's been kind of a, a a big incentive on some of these shows is that you know our five, four, three year olds can can really I enjoy you're just, them.
0: You're just counting down there. Yeah, yeah, Uh,
1: No kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No. It's it's been it's been kind of a treat, especially like because I started my career uh very much in the animation world and now it's like before it'd be turning out cartoon after cartoon and then like never seeing them ever again um but you know like being able to go back to some old stuff that are like 12 years old and be like hey uh your dad worked on this um that's been a kind of neat little thing to, uh, to bring up even though i don't think they care that much but um <laughs> they, t- they totally care you know, not like, the stuff in the past, but I mean, like they don't, yeah. they don't care in a sense that uh, they'll still watch, yeah, yeah, stuff that wasn't by us. You know, they're they're not like only, mm-hmm. like these are the cartoons we're only gonna watch the ones that, uh, you know, <laughs> Papa and 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 Dad write. Yeah, oh. so, um, no, they yeah, I mean, they're they're at a good age to yeah to bring them into our world, and they'll pop up. You know, when we're doing some some cartoons, every now and then they'll they'll pop into the studio it's like, hey, what's that? Uh, and we're like
2: it's a sneak peek but we're you're under nda now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's definitely like really stimulating though it's still like so sometimes yeah. it's hard to show them everything but.
3: oh man. yeah and we
2: That's don't cute. always get the nice
1: polished uh video anyway it might be yeah like, so they're the like around <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: like
1: this show looks kind of shitty <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's like it's not done yet. It's not done yet, son. It's okay. It'll be it'll be way better. That was
0: verbatim. Your child swears. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's the ratio of of MIDI versus live instruments? And like, do you record Mm. all the live stuff yourself, basically as much as you can?
2: Uh, yeah. Depends on the show, too.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. This is truly, and not even joking now. Like, um depends on what they give us and how much time and how much budget it,
0: right
1: uh, a lot of that hinges mm-hmm. on on that on that negotiation stage because you know you can't expect to have a whole score of live things when they give you a week to do like a like you know a, a giant film or an episode you know so so there's lots of consideration there in terms of what we can pour into it um, but yeah there's there's so much to be said about playing things live because it's just feels amazing um when when we can uh when we can put that spin on on our scores um there are certain layer uh levels of how we scale that um depending on what the needs are and and how much we get to invest into it um the great thing is like brian plays cello like a pro um and and you know he he can record all of that and like and- as in very
2: like, like, similar like, to you, yeah, but, not but not exactly card. like <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah and I play violin so we'll hop in each other's cues if we need sweetening um, particularly with strings um, that's, that's a kind of like a go to if we only have budget or limited time to do something but we want a big orchestral sound um, and, or, or there's a string section uh, we can't hire a full string section so we'll sweeten it um, with uh, giving each part like three or four passes of, of us playing on it and then and then we've got this workflow to mix it in a way that it all blends in with samples. Um, and, and that, that essentially um, becomes the bedrock of, of other live things. Um, there's some things that you can't get away with. Like if you just need a, a, a very specific guitar thing, um, you just have to play it. Like this morning I was fiddling with guitar samples and I was like, I'm spending way too much time fiddling with the sample when I could have just played it in like a quarter of the time. Um, And yet, I don't know why. In my mind, I was like, "I gotta get this sample sounding exactly like how I would play it." I'm like, "Okay, but I can just play it." I don't know. So it's one of those
2: sometimes. Unless it's a flute. Unless it's a flute, then we can't play. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely limits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we 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 are well aware of our limits. So, uh, um, it it, yeah depends on the score. If we're if we're writing beyond our limits, um, just for efficiency, we do do a lot ourselves um just to cover you know just to cover
2: the basics it's a it Uh, really is about time though like say if the you know you're on your third pass and then it has still hasn't been improved yet you like don't really want to record live you know mm -hmm. because and then you have like you know two days before the mix you're like oh my god i'm gonna like just go crazy with cello for one day and like just try to play you know it's like that a lot of times yeah
1: or or you'll pick a cue that's like the flagship cue of the episode and and really uh pour some love into it but not cover the rest of the score with it because they're throwaway moments anyway um so i think there's some discernment even within um, live and midi uh that that highlights certain areas and and you know and and just let go of the other areas uh that just aren't worth it or um Frankly, yeah, we run we've run out of steam or time with so yeah, we, we try to make that discernment um, throughout the process so we know where we're landing. Sometimes it's like if you layer a little bit of live, maybe you'll get the approval because yep. it just speaks a little bit better to to the creators. Like you don't wanna get caught be like, huh, how come this uh, guitar sounds so synthetic? <laughs> it's like, well, um, I could yeah, if you just give it a little bit of effort up front, it could have saved you a lot of work. Um, you know, on the back end of having to rehash some musical things because you were just lacking one, one element that you could have, um, you know, uh, you could have calibrated differently in your mind. So um, I think that that's something that we're working on to make sure we, we nail, you know, the discernment of when to do it and how.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's wanting to get into composing? For film and television, or even already in the early stages of a career in those fields, and this is again a question from Chris.
1: Great, Chris, just do it. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but this is a, such a tough question, and there's so much hesitation around answering it. For,
3: um, for good reason. Well,
1: being that there is really no. Great advice on, on what path to take, um, you know. And we'll like we'll pre-lap it with that, you know, disclaimer, and then go ahead and freaking answer it anyway. So I don't know, <laughs> saying any of this means anything, <laughs> but it's like it's one of those things where you can't really give solid advice unless you have a conversation with somebody because mm-hmm. it's so specific to where they are at life, what their skill sets are, mm-hmm. and 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 what what sort of um, intentions they have, even within this field. It's such a wide range of People that work here and that do different stuff—that it's almost impossible to just blanket it with, um, with any any sort of advice. Um, although having said that, I think here's the answer. I've well, I I think <laughs> I, I've I've, I think I've um, gained a lot from just blanket advice, uh, and just things that have resonated with me that are very simple. I think maybe the best things are simple to um, repeat messages. Um, as cliche as they might be uh do you have any that that um brian that that you can think of that um, like
2: resonating with you yeah a lot of them came from you uh, level a lot of them came from you actually one of the ones that came from you that i i i told somebody else recently is and then did you say it was from you though no you I say, say no. hey
1: <laughs> <laughs> should have just
2: it's just it's like, it, i heard it once from myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the i think it was like make music that is simple but make the music simple but the execution um complex i think Uh, i think that's a really good one for for me anyways because damn
1: i was spitting facts fresh (laughs) Uh,
2: because Simple, simple message like that. Actually, because of what you just said, like came to came to my mind. Because uh, simple things everyone understands, and in film music, if the music that you make is somehow simple, even though it can be really complex, but the main music is simple, then maybe more people will get it. Uh, and I think that helped me because I used I I still have the tendency to write really try to overwrite uh, and write really complex things. That's like just to try to make myself look cooler than I actually am. But it it doesn't work, <laughs> you know. So that's one thing. Um, that came from obviously came from myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Also, like it's. I think I've been really been a fan of trying my best to just distill things down. The the further I go in this career, it's just so complicated and so full of um uh, of noise and and rightfully so. There's a lot of things that require attention and. Um, you know, even getting started, it's like, how do you get started? There's like a billion things to that you could do. You could cold call, you could email, um, cold email, you could just nonstop write music, you could do it on social media, you could Twitch stream it. Um, you know, there's a million ways of doing it. How do you know, um, you know, which way is the right way to go? And how do you know you're not wasting your time, you know, fumbling through different pathways? And, uh, you know, we have people that come here from sound recording um careers we have people that are like me just uh, from academia as a tr- like as a um, like straight up composer that just studied it we have people that come from you know indie bands uh, people that arrive here from so many different walks of life that um at some point they have made it a point um to to arrive here and 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 in whatever sort of luck uh versus um effort and work ethic um combination it's worked for them so I think it's been helpful for me to kind of think of things in terms of what's the simplest way of, um, of reminding myself of certain things, um, which is not advice at all. It's just kind of a mode of operation for me now. Uh, if, if things are becoming too complex, I just try, okay, well, too much noise. I'll just try to keep it simple. And what is that for me? So sometimes it's just keep your head down and work hard for this first Decade on my life, I feel, or or my career. I feel like that's been um, my mantra. And it worked for me. It might not work for other people, but the message that I was giving myself was like, just keep my head down and work. I'll get there eventually. Um, And, you know, in in many ways, I I still carry some of that, but then it's shift like, like midway through, like, ah, you can keep your head down and work, but nobody's going to notice you. So keep your head down and work, but um, try your best to go out, step outside of comfort zone and, 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 and you know be be a little more confident in, in in yourself and your music and you know and and stand behind that knowing that you can make great music and so it shifts along the way so depending on um you know the path that i was taking it, it those like little simple messages really shifted um so yeah i mean i don't know it's, it's terrible advice because it's not advice at all but i think it helps a person to be able to hone in on that skill of um, of of distillation of of arriving at uh, truth that might work for you and and things that are going to resonate on a on a very deep um, human level like spiritual level or or any sort of level because mm-hmm. from there you can have some power to to motivate you to work hard or make great music or pursue the things that um, are maybe a little out of grasp but there are avenues to find find those ways so yeah can't can't be can't be burdened with this. Giving a prescription of what, what path to take is yeah. too, too many of them.
0: Yeah. I, th- I mean, even though you say it's not really advice, I think just hearing from like your experiences and everything and what you like, what's helped you guys with your path of becoming composers for, for screen composers, I think can be very helpful. Like, it doesn't have to be advice, advice by the book, but
2: just, yeah.
0: you know, hearing about experiences is really helpful too. I mean, speaking a from
2: like a, a purely musical um, framework, uh, I I think the the thing that has helped me a lot is calibrating uh, Caleb and my my good what is good meter, um, like because I think um, that's so different for a lot of people. Um, and a part of our job is to be able to articulate that not just musically, like make it with ourselves, but um, with our own hands, but also verbally, how to articulate the thing so like listen to something that you like and it's like, what makes this actually really good? And how do I and, and maybe that's distillation again in the different yeah that's, just, yeah, yeah, that's very much
1: like, very like how, do you,
2: how, how do you how do you how do we how can I break it down in meaningful chunks for myself so I can recreate? that hi-hat sound or like i can recreate you know this groove in like a makeshift way and i think a lot of our copying over the years of what we think is good has led to some sort of like you know seven out of ten version of that that over time it gets bumped up you know Uh, but initially have to seek that out and really like love it like i remember caleb and i sitting back (laughs) in the days of uh, napster and like whatever (laughs) what's that what's the other one Limewire. Kaz- uh lime wire. Lime-, Kaz- Kaz- lime, Kaz- lime wire yeah i remember having these like crazy sessions where we just listened to like and these are really cheesy tracks um like down to the i don't know like down to the bone or whatever i can't remember maxwell basement jacks like all those like remix because we never heard of this stuff before but we listened to it and we we're like this is the sh-, like and then we're like grooving out so hard you know and like just being in love with that, and, and 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 remembering that spark of where that comes from, and then trying to distill it in a maker's way, like you mm. know, in, in, in putting it putting it into your fingers. I think it's you know breaking down the process and knowing, calibrating that meter is like important for me. And then the last step is to just sell out.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, just do
1: what Wrong they Rom-coms. <laughs> no, <just> <laughs> do <laughs> what they say. Don't ask questions. At all. Oh, no. And on it's that tough, note. man. It's like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. On that, <laughs> note. Sure, yeah. I just ruined it. Just ruined two hours of great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sell it out. Nah. Um,
0: that was really good. That's some really solid advice.
1: <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, we we see so many great talent. Like you're doing things that we never knew mm-hmm. was possible. Like you know, Twitch streaming and Making things up on the fly on online in front of an audience, like what? like that's the thing? Like we didn't even know um, that could Same. be a, an avenue for you know, m- making music and making it meaningful. yeah, mm-hmm. which is really like cool. you know, we're learning too. We're like, wow, like that's why we can't give advice. It's like like shit, we didn't even know this stuff existed. What am we going to give advice on? Like we weren't aware, right? So I think maybe taking a more humble stature is better for us to <laughs> to, you know realize that we don't know a lot um, of what's out there and, and how people are making it work like this whole YouTube thing and making a living on YouTube that's a mystery but mm-hmm. they're doing it it's
3: a I don't hard know how <laughs>
1: yeah so it's amazing so yeah just you do you and we'll just keep doing it our way Because I want to interview life. you
2: now is that okay? Um, yeah that's yeah, right okay. yeah, Flip it around
3: <laughs>
2: <I feel laughs> the you know reverse
0: yeah yeah It it's it's pretty, yeah, I mean, I fell into the Twitch thing without realizing right. that, you know, people do that, you know, like I followed you know, as I mentioned earlier, Kate McGill came on the podcast, and she is very much why I started on Twitch. Like I watched her stream singing, and then I actually got introduced to John Ong. He's also a film composer, um and like he was streaming on Twitch at the time when I like started watching and right. uh and he was composing live on stream and That's you cool. know he's he's a composer he's a legit composer and that was the first time that i was introduced to that and i thought that it was nice. really cool mm. so i took it and i <laughs> did it as well yeah. um but yeah yeah like you said there are so many different avenues of just like getting your stuff out there and getting noticed and yeah. all that
1: it's pretty Same. amazing, though, to, to see how different people are piecing. Because, you know, we're, we're just in a copycat um, scenario. Like, we, we only know what we've been shown. Like, it's very hard to... There are very few people that um, can really pave a way. And those are like gems of people, you know? Like, and, and we know we're not that. We, we're just um, going through this life, um, you know, taking bits and pieces out of other people's playbook. But it's pretty exciting to see how other people are doing that, because that's in in itself like a journey to see you know people taking a slice of this Twitch thing, and maybe some somebody's doing Twitch and TikTok, or you know, or somebody's doing you know, uh, you know, writing for library tracks, and then um, moving into the sync world, and then they end up in, in, in TV and film uh, by way of that movement. So just mm-hmm. um, so many cool little adventures that, that people are having these days. Yeah. way more than before yeah. but it also makes it really difficult Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. what a confusing mess
0: I think it's easy to look at what other people are doing and yeah. want that instead of whatever you've got going on already like it's easy yeah, yeah, to totally. discount what you're doing mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah. also no shame though like you know we definitely have um, you know as much as we can say we earned our careers like we know that Uh, There's a there's a good slice of circumstantial situations and and just other factors that are beyond just our work ethic uh, that have brought us where we are. So it's a good. There's no shame in admitting that. um, At the same time, there's there's you can hold that shame and pride at the same time. You know, (laughs) because we did work hard. You know, at the end of the day, like you as hard as you work, you can only open so many doors. Some doors are just going to be open. Some doors are going to be closed. Uh, Mm. And you
0: know, yeah awesome well thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast
3: Oh,
1: (laughs) sharing your
0: insights yeah Yeah. um where can people find you find your work find you uh
1: well we have a website um that we seldomly upkeep (laughs) because (laughs) i don't know i don't think people go there (laughs) um so it's www.chansounds.com uh we just need something yeah so <laughs> Chan that's who we are Sounds that's what we make chansounds.com nice um, alternatively we're just um intermittently on on Instagram Brian Chan music and Caleb Chan music so Again, original you can't mess this up <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah that's that's us um, yeah it'd be nice to you know we're trying to uh, we're trying to acclimate to uh, the social temperature of maybe we'll uh, go on Twitch making music on that yeah so yeah yeah. hit us up
2: yeah. anywhere start live composing how do you do that
0: uh, uh cool. you first you play something and then you start feeling really self-conscious
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> and then you stop doing live compositions for a year <laughs>
2: oh my gosh! Um, no Have yeah you, are you doing that like um, composing live that's so cool i
0: did it a lot in 2020 like i i yeah. they're all super short like a minute to two minutes long um but yeah i would do that a lot back then and they were mini pieces but then and then i, I did i get i got self-conscious and then i oh, just didn't sure. really do it very much but recently i've been doing just like improvising a lot and sometimes i'm
3: mm-hmm.
0: i'm just like chatting with the chat and i'm playing a little guitar thing and i'm like oh wait hold on this is really cool i really like this I just start looping it, and then I just build on top of it and then play some flute and improv over it. So that's, like, in a way, composing, right? Oh,
1: yeah, but, totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: That's like Ben, ben Folds style, just, uh, <laughs> you know, making making melodies go as, 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 on the fly. Yeah.
2: Kudos to you, man. I could never do that. As, do you like, feel like south you compose differently? Yeah. Because when you get, like, when you get people talking to you? Or, like...
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, when I, like... When play I a B, B flat
2: the- <laughs> play <a B> flat
1: <laughs> oh okay okay yeah
0: no yeah uh when i would like state that i'm doing a live composition for this stream that i i realized like if i put a label on it that made it harder
3: right but if yeah. it
0: just like happens on a stream that i just started accidentally stumbled upon a little guitar riff then it, it's a lot easier and also the chat knows because i Cause like on Twitch you can have commands like Nightbot okay. or whatever, so like you can make it, your Nightbot just pop out a message into the chat. And so back then I made a thing that said like Mirabelle is composing. Welcome in. She's just ignoring. She's not ignoring you. Like she's just really focused right now. So like, oh she'll cool. Pr- talk to you in a second. <laughs> oh, so like interesting. that gave. I gave myself permission to just ignore the chat and not really look at what they're saying, um, huh. and just do my own thing. Interesting.
2: Yeah. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. So is it like? Oh man, I'm, I have so many questions. Do we need, <laughs> do we need to finish the podcast first, or is it?
0: Um, yeah. We can We're talk really about it. This we can. Card. We can put it in. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a, it's the bonus of uh, deleted scenes. Yeah.
0: Patreon exclusive.
2: Room. Yes. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. See, oh my Shout God. out to oh, Patreon. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Conti.
0: Conte? Conti. Yeah. Conti, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, we start watching that guy when he was like before Pompa Moose. Before Pompa Moose. Moose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like before. he was not even with Natalie yet. It was just like oh, wow. him. It was like or maybe he was. I we just didn't know, but it was just him in a in a like room full of instruments. It was awesome. it's was amazing. so inspiring. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Um anyways, I forgot my question. Oh, maybe it was like, oh, do you tell people, oh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go live at this time? Like, oh, yeah. how do you, do you, like, there's yeah, a schedule?
0: My, yeah, my streams are scheduled for Tuesdays at three thirty p.m. Mountain time because I'm in Mountain time, but nobody yeah. knows what that is. But I'm just Tuesdays three <laughs> thirty Mountain yeah, yeah. time. that's one hour. Days.
2: That's one hour after, or right? Yeah, three, one hour? You, you live yeah. on the Alps. <laughs> <Didn't know that>. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays at seven thirty so okay. those two are set days and and when people when there are new people in the stream i tell them you know like i stream tuesdays and thursdays and i and i also try to put it on my instagram sometimes be like okay. i'm live at this time but yeah yeah there's interesting
2: how I'm long sticking. do you go for
0: um they're about three hours oh wow Yeah,
2: it's actually kind of a cool motivator to like if you're like working or something, you're like, oh, I'm just going to have to have to be there.
0: Yeah, I didn't really plan to do that. Like I started streaming on a Saturday and then I decided I would just keep going back and do that weekly. And I started when I was finishing up my master's. So it was kind of a fun little side thing. Like I didn't think that I would be earning any money from it or anything. But now like. It, i'm making a bit of an income from it
2: oh really, really wow cool. yeah that's cool i wonder yeah. how that works like do you is it the same people that come on
0: um uh, like that it. the chatters and stuff yeah like, who come watch uh yeah there's like a good core group of people i think who who come every every te- single time that i stream wow and then, yeah they chat and they some people lurk Where you're just you don't chat but you're I've there lurked lurk, a little, lurk. just, i've lurked i've yeah. lurked a little bit lurk r- on my stream
1: yeah, yeah i've lurked a little oh, bit it's yeah, just like for like you know a few minutes here and there just to I was
2: I'm so curious about no. it can you see what people are like can you see who's on um
1: like,
0: there is a users list so i could like oh. well the thing is Open i don't have a it.
2: user so you
1: couldn't see like that's you a, wouldn't know right
0: well yeah actually that's how do you no, go on? I don't have a I don't have
1: a Twitch, but if you're alive, I can see it. But I don't have yeah. a user, so I just click on it and I just. So see also, it,
0: you can't chat, right?
1: I know I can't chat, so that's why I'm like fully lurking like real lurk. shadows. Real lurk, yeah. yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Lurkers, shout out lurkers, oh. yeah, of lurkers
0: out there. Wow. <laughs> uh, you should make a Twitch account but, and, and say hi next time.
1: Uh, I can't risk that. It's <laughs> there's too much of my time gone too
0: <laughs> um, be, like, you know, what say I'd be doing? I'd be watching
1: your stream. Mm-hmm. I'd be watching your stream and then I'd jump onto a StarCraft cast and then there goes my night. <laughs> you know, true. there'd be like 100% of my time is
2: What's, what's that guy that used to do it? Sna- uh, snark- Husky, Husky StarCraft. Husky StarCraft. HD StarCraft. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. Like, you know,
1: like, um, I don't oh know if they're gosh. still doing it, but yeah, they're pretty... StarCraft 2 OG announcers, sportscast. Yeah. yeah, all about oh. the APMs. Um, actions I, per minute. Uh, okay. But <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty neat though. Like to, to, You're, you're kind of like living that life between a traditional composer, where you're writing music, and and like you're like straddling that between like an improv performer and like a pop star in a way, because you're interacting with audiences and you have a following, and there's like fans. Talk about existential crisis. Uh, like we have, crisis. Zero, <laughs> we have yeah. zero fans. That's like you're on it. You've created well this this category of
2: um you know doing things it's like it's kind of on its own it's like Mm -hmm. introvert it's Mm -hmm. like introverted but like extroverted at the same time it's like what is it it's like you're on your own we don't have to we don't have to classify it it is it is what it is
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) like
2: that (laughs) like you're on your own but people are watching you
0: exactly it's the weirdest thing (laughs) wow yeah i can't like like i've done performances in real life of course but like it's just it's so every so often during a stream i'm like wow i wish i could see all of your faces and just like be able to comprehend what this would be like in a real life scenario because like essentially i'm just sitting in my studio i'm by myself nobody else is in this room so i'm just really really just talking to myself at
2: this point like a thousand people watching you though yeah Yeah, and the feedback
1: is it's it's asymmetrical feedback Yeah. yeah In that you're getting a like a million comments pop out in like a text form. Yeah. But you're verbalizing your your, your responses. <laughs> I'm and also uh,
0: verbalizing the messages too, because some that's people right, you'll re- yeah, just lurking or whatever, who, you know, you got to give people their context. So you're, you're not
2: typing back. Are you just like talking back?
0: I am just, yeah, I it, talk back.
2: Do you, do you think if we made one, people will watch? Oh will watch. It? No, we
1: got to hop on your stream. No, we can't do this on our own, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Where nobody's, that's we got true. zero fan
2: base. But we that's 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 the interesting part. I think we we would have to compose without the showing the picture because we can't show. It, it would just be like no context for people.
0: I think it's right? still so cool like, though. Like it some just, people are just there to see the process or listen. You know,
2: it would like be that. so boring though. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, don't,
3: maybe. This
1: morning, I had somebody come by, and all they did was just sit behind me and watch me work for three hours, and like. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, you want to come back? And he's like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, I just never thought it'd be that interesting because no. it's so... And uh, like when we work, it's like we do it our way mm-hmm. and then we just put our blinders on and we just go for it, right? But Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, very interesting. To s- but, you know, we understand it too because I, w- I would want to sit behind somebody else yeah. and, and watch them go at it uh, and, and just glean from, you know, and be a fly in the wall situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've definitely done that on on, on other scenarios, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but, but never in a situation where you're interfacing with hundreds of other people that are also potentially talking back in a True. different format, you know, that's, that's like a, mm-hmm. that's pretty unknown, but awesome yeah. at the same time. So yeah, yeah I'll be, I'll be lurking, be lurking every <laughs> once in a while.
0: I'll just randomly say hi, Caleb. Just in case you're there working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: On that note. I don't even know. Right, if- like this is like a 30-minute 30, 30 goodbye. Yeah. Uh, cause <laughs> it's like the, the end of um, uh, Lord of the Rings.
2: Like, like,
0: it was like a uh, goodbye, and then we're leaving in the same direction.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. Like <laughs> Are you going to your car over there? It's like, yeah. 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 Anyway, thanks. Well,
1: really, uh, truly, thanks for having us on. And, yeah. Uh, appreciate it things that you're doing to make this podcast happen
0: yeah thank Um, you guys so much for coming on and since meeting you guys at vif and and you know i got so inspired by your panels and the talks that you guys gave so so thanks and and yeah
2: thank you thank you bye (laughs) ciao to all the listeners